0: Everybody, welcome back to the Hope Recovered podcast. I'm Kristen, and today we have our new staff with us. Audrey, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Audrey,
1: and I'll be the community response coordinator.
0: Yeah, so kind of what that is, she's going to be helping me out as we focus on prevention because we've we've mentioned, I think, in the past, we got some new funding for stimulants, some non-prescription stimulants and opioids, things like meth. We're, you know, we're going to do some more focus prevention on things like Adderall. We're also getting new prevention funding for marijuana, which is what we're going to talk about today. So that's kind of a touchy subject for a lot of people. And from what I'm hearing from my youth council is it's kind of what's popular in schools right now. Definitely. And so that is where we're going to get started. I'm going to kind of jump in. We'll start off with some stats. So I've got the TN Together survey pulled up right now. And what that is, is it is a survey taken 2018 and 2019 of 8th, 10th, and 12th grade students. So the final survey sample had more than 21,000 students from across the state, 28 counties, 150 schools statewide. So this is Tennessee-specific data for marijuana. So what we're looking at is one in five students, now remember this is 8th, 10th, and 12th graders in Tennessee, or 20.2% reported ever using marijuana. And of those, so one in five said ever, but 11.2% across the state reported using marijuana in the past 30 days. So there's not a lot of people who just tried it and then, eh, not for me. Right. And of our regions, we're in West Tennessee, which is Region 6. That number was 13.7%, so higher than the state average. And then 47.3%. Mm-hmm. Of students who used in the past 30 days reported use on six or more days described as high frequency use so of those students who are using half of them are using regularly which is kind of an alarming number very much so very much so
1: especially for what marijuana does to your brain as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah and so remember you know we're talking about students here 8th 10th and 12th grade so that's 17, 17, 15, 15, 13. 13. 13. Mm -hmm. And so average age of initiation was 14.1 years old. So we're going to kind of look into it a little bit. Another big issue that concerned me is that only 48.9% of students perceived a moderate or great risk associated with trying marijuana once or twice. So people don't think it's harmful. Mm -mm. And that's what is concerning because... When you have that perceived harmfulness, then that's going to reduce your use, or at least make you think about it about a little it, bit more. Right. Think about the effects of it. Mm-hmm. So what are the effects of marijuana? So
1: marijuana use can directly affect the brain. And the specific parts of the brain um, that can affect is responsible for memory, learning, attention, decision-making, coordination, emotion, and reaction time. And in infants, children, and teens who still have a developing brain, those are especially susceptible to the adverse effects of marijuana mm-hmm. so that age group you just mentioned you know they're right there in the middle of you know important decision making problem solving things like that so that's a scary scary yeah, thing yeah and
0: we've talked about the development of the brain on here before but for those who may not have listened it's our prefrontal cortex that that develops last and usually it develops around 20 to 25 depending on several different things but that is what is the place in the brain where we make logical decisions, where we can weigh pros and cons and make a decision based off of evidence. What we use until that develops is called our amygdala, and it's in the back of the brain, and that is our emotion center. So that is our reward pathway that we've talked about in our Addicted Brain episode, uh, and that is also our emotion center. So when we, that panic button we talked about, is there in the amygdala so they're making their decisions out of that which is scary Mm -hmm. and marijuana slows that development down right and so then you continue to make decisions out of that amygdala so other i mean other effects on the body not just the brain um so the short-term effects so the high quote-unquote can cause sedation bloodshot eyes increased heart rate coughing from lung irritation increased appetite Increased blood pressure, although uh, prolonged use may cause a decrease in blood pressure over time. But longer-term effects are um, things like bronchitis, emphysema, bronchial asthma. Extended use may cause suppression of the immune system. Withdrawal from chronic use of high doses of marijuana causes physical signs, including headache, shakiness, sweating, stomach pains, and nausea. And so withdrawal is a big sign of addiction as well. So when you develop a physical dependency on a substance, that's, and then you stop using it, that's when we start seeing those withdrawal signs. So they, you know, restlessness, irritability, you can't sleep, you feel like you need weed to sleep. And I've heard that from so many Some, yes. kids. You know, like, yeah, I just I smoke so I can calm down enough to sleep. And then decreased appetite. A lot of people I have heard will smoke also to eat you know if they're not you know they they feel like they can't eat they they're not hungry and so they smoke and they get the munchies and then they eat Eat. Yep. so you know there's a lot of debate on whether or not it can be used legally right now and in tennessee it is illegal so that's what we're going to kind of focus on but let's also look at the consequences too because a lot of times we see the high we see the effects it has and we're not denying that those things happen but we're also going to show the other side of it as well. You know, talking to kids and talking to to people who use regularly, well, it just chills me out. Well, let's look at the underlying cause Cause of that. that, right? So if you have anxiety and you're stressed and you're nervous and you feel like you can't calm down and you smoke and you calm down, that's a positive effect for you. right? But it's not healthy long term. You're self-medicating that underlying mental health condition. And we've talked about this before where, you know, there's always going to be a reason behind substance use. But a lot of times it's, you know, a lot of times we are self-medicating that underlying mental health condition. And really, that's just a quick, just a quick
1: way to fix it. And so what happens when that's not fixing the problem anymore, then it escalates Mm -hmm. to a different drug or something more serious, things like that, too.
0: Right. I don't know if this is what you heard growing up, but I was always told marijuana is the gateway drug. Gateway you drug. Do, yep. You do that, you're going to do everything. You're going to do. Yep, it's going to lead you to do everything yes. else. That's not necessarily true right. because what causes you to use marijuana? Right. You know, there's we. I have heard since then trauma is mm-hmm. the gateway drug, and so or even you know mental health concerns when you, yep. when you don't have the appropriate access to care. Right. And understanding what's going on with your brain. It helps. It right. makes you feel better. Short-term, yes. Long-term, But then the no. second it's gone, you need it again. again. right. And that's what causes that addiction is because then you need more, or it's not doing the same thing, or you need it faster. And right. so you try something else, right. uh, another
1: way to use. Speaking of way to use, there's quite a bit of ways to use marijuana
0: as well. Mm-hmm. The standard, you know, you smoke a blunt. Right. But also there's oil. That you can vape mm-hmm. or dab, as they call it, not up uh, on a lot know of the about lingo. Uh uh-uh. um, But <laughs> but yeah. So you can vape marijuana concentrates. Most similar in appearance. So there so it's a marijuana concentrate is a highly potent THC concentrated mass. So that's a psychoactive substance. That's what gets right. you high. That's what can cause hallucinations. So fun fact: marijuana is a hallucinogenic. So it can cause hallucinations, it can cause paranoia, especially when it's more highly concentrated in THC. So it's referred to on the street as honey oil or butter. It can contain extraordinarily high THC levels ranging from 40 to 80%. So that's up to four times stronger than top shelf marijuana, which normally measures around 20%. So, a lot of people are putting it in vaping devices because it's easier to hide. You see them everywhere. I mean, right. I've talked to teachers who see them in schools all the time. I mean, you go to a store, School, yep. somebody's going to be vaping or driving down the road, that kind of thing. So, they're doing that to get high faster. doesn't take as long. Uh, it's easier to hide. can also be mixed in to food or drink products, creating edibles um we hear about that as well i mean it's in the media it's in right teens know about all of this already yeah Um, and so what we're speaking to right now are our parents or educators or really anyone who works with teenagers who may not be aware of how things have changed, changed um and how easy it is to obtain um going jumping back to that survey Over half of students, 53.9%, reported that it was either very easy or fairly easy to obtain marijuana. And that's scary. Yeah. So So. the things we look at when we're looking at prevention is we want to reduce access to that substance. And they're saying they have pretty easy access. access. They know where to get it if they want it. And a lot of that's coming through social media. Uh, Snapchat, Snapchat, TikTok, uh, Instagram, things like that. People will have private accounts where they'll sell in their stories. And so, you know, kids know how to find it. And they're smart. And they're learning how to adapt and hide. So what do we do? What do we do as parents and as educators and as people who work with children when they don't see that this is harmful, They don't understand the consequences, legal consequences, as well as physical and mental health consequences. How do we address this?
1: That's, I would say, education is the first thing. Mm -hmm. Getting everybody on board to see, you know, what's changing. And you've got to stay up with it because there's different trends all the time. So keeping yourself familiar with what's going on in the community with teens and adolescents and things like that.
0: And honestly, the best way that I've stayed educated is, I'll just ask. Ask. Yeah, a lot of kids know what's going on. And they're not afraid to tell you either. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so talk to your kids. Yeah, don't Um, be afraid to talk to them. And, you know, we've we've talked about this in other contexts. Talking to your kid about use is not going to... Give your kid the idea, idea. to Cause do it. Because they already have the idea. Yeah, it's already it's, at It's school. around them. Yep. They know what's there. They know mm-hmm. what their peers are doing. Yep. Um, and they hear about it all the time. And it, I mean, I even just watching TV or listening to music, watching movies, you hear about marijuana all, all the, the time. time. See people passing a blunt. In a movie, or um, getting high, or even like convincing someone to take edibles and they not know what it is, right? And so we need our kids to be aware as well. Yes, and, and you know I'm not gonna pull the the old prevention tactic of. You have to be prepared. People are going to try to get try you addicted to at every wrap. turn. Because I'm telling you, I thought people were going to just be handing out drugs everywhere I looked when yeah. I got older, and I—that's not the case. No, drugs are expensive, and they don't want to share. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there is still peer pressure when you yeah. see your friends doing it, and if they offer—I mean, we do have to have kids be aware, and mm-hmm. and what I my what I've seen be most effective is to have kids be able to make an informed decision. decision yeah. especially teenagers want to have agency in their lives they want to have a choice yep. so if we help them to at least make that choice with with knowledge behind it yeah and it's not just the emotional response of oh my friend's doing it oh what are they going to think oh uh yeah because they have to make that decision in a split second right here want to hit but if we help them to make that decision beforehand, then they still have that choice. They still have that agency, and when it's offered to them, they've already made up their mind. They don't have to make a split-second decision. Right. Yeah. So, what do we do for teens who are experimenting or already using? That's that's scary. Mm-hmm.
1: You really got to get you know the people in their life, whether it's coaches, you know, family members. You know, give them the education and talk to the teens. Ask, you know, what's going on. You know, what's the underlying reason? Don't go straight to suspension or you know things like that. You you know, you got to go to the root. You mm-hmm. know, what's the root cause? Why do they feel like they need to use this? You know, what's going on in their lives that they feel like they have to turn to drugs to try to yeah adapt to it, get over. It, and it's know?
0: a tough balance between discipline and those conversations yep. and that understanding and and offering help help yeah because um, that could be what they're doing mm-hmm. they're just screaming out for help somewhere yeah they're doing what they found that works, works. that helps yep. um and it, and it may be a peer pressure issue right. it may be a i want to fit in but we can then discuss okay well what peers are you trying to fit in with right or what makes you feel like you need this to fit in? Because that may be social anxiety. Right. I have social anxiety. Yes, and, I do too. And that's difficult. Like, yes, when the you're when you get into a group or mm-hmm. you know a crowd or
1: you know even something as little as ball games, you know sometimes you yeah. Know, and so
0: I a lot of students feel like they they need that to just chill out chill. Mm-hmm. and be able to make it through that event. Yeah. Well, if we can look at alternatives like medication or therapy and seeing a health provider, Help, yes. that kind of thing. We can learn to manage that without the drug use and and really mitigate those health effects. And so I, I hear all the time, and it, you know, it's not just kids who are using marijuana. I was at an event a month ago, and I had a, a woman walk up to me, and she said, I turn 70 next month, and I have a pothead. How do I stop? Wow. I mean, just walked straight up to me, and that's that was her introduction. And, you know, I talked to her about tobacco cessation, because that's the material I had. Yeah. And and what we talked about was finding triggers and underlying causes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, where tobacco is very different from marijuana, and the right. dependence is very different. There are still things that, that are similar in that we have triggers. We want to right. use when certain things happen. We build a routine when we smoke regularly. So if you... Wake up and smoke before going to school. If you wake up, you're going to crave it. Right. Uh, you smoke when you get home from school. When you get home from school, you're going to crave it. We build patterns, and our body recognizes that. If you eat lunch at 12 o'clock every day, and then one day it's 1230, and you haven't eaten yet, your stomach's going to start growling. Rot. But if you don't eat lunch until... You know, 1 or 2, you're fine. You know, we build these routines that our body then expects. And so, you know, we can take advantage of that and prepare. Right. Okay, I'm going to want to smoke when I get home from school at 3.30. So, if I know I'm going to want to smoke at 3.30 when I get home from school, maybe I'll come home and fix a snack or... meditate or go for a walk or talk with a friend or you know you can put things into motion into plan that will change your routine and our body will adapt to that and our body our brains are amazing so where marijuana can halt the development of prefrontal cortex it can finish developing right yeah it'll slow it down but when you stop smoking and when you stop You know, when we stop putting things into our brain that harm it, our brain can heal. Yeah. If you really think about just what the brain does and how much it can be affected by everyday life. Chronic stress. Stress, yeah. Even, you know, so something as simple as as being stressed. Losing sleep. Losing sleep, exercise. Mm -hmm. And so outside of substances but the fact that it can heal there is always hope in that and so even if you have been smoking for 50 years you're 70 your body can recover Recover. and that is just incredible for to think about like i just that was that was that that made that conversation cool Cool. with with her because it wasn't too late for her to stop smoking even though she had been smoking for 50 or 60 years and so and it's just so neat to think about that there's never a point where it's too, too late, late to turn it, turn it around. So let's kind of talk to the teenagers now. How do we influence peers who may be smoking or maybe trying to get us to smoke? You know,
1: that's a hard one because mm-hmm. teens now are a lot different than when we were in school. And, you know, I think they probably see a lot more peer pressure. And just you know social media mm-hmm. you know they have a lot more a lot more things out there you know that make it look appealing or you know make them think that they have to do it so i don't i don't you know like we said before educating them you know giving mm-hmm. them all the tools they need to make and you know make the best decision for them you know mm-hmm. you know know the effects of it the long term the short term teach them to get to the root why they feel like they've got you know got got to do that maybe start hanging with a different crowd you know i mean there's lots of tools that we can
0: you mm-hmm. know put in their belt to help them yeah try I, to make the I best i think decision. the big thing i want teens to hear is that remember that number from the beginning yep 20 percent of students have tried marijuana at least once that's 80% of 8th, 10th, and 12th graders in the state of Tennessee who've never tried it. Yep. Never touched it. Exactly. So and when you feel like you're the only one who is not smoking, who's not high, you're not. You're not. And that's, I mean, it's easy to see that. Even you know, When we see and we hear people talk about it and, you know, oh, marijuana's the problem. It's And vaping's the right. same way. You know, it's such a big problem. Everybody's doing it. It can be really discouraging when Rot. you feel like you're the only one who's not doing it. And so just know that even if that's what you're kind of surrounded with in that moment, 80% of students across the state have, have never tried, never tried it. Um So you're not alone in that. And you're not alone in making the decision to not smoke. Right. And so it's not going to be this thing where you have to stand up and fight that, on your own. Oh, and yeah. You can find people who are like-minded. Exactly. And, and who will support your decision to to not mm-hmm. um and you know even where there's discussions of it being legal for adults that's the key word there adults. it's legal for adults and so that's not the case in tennessee yeah. it may be eventually i don't know but with that in mind that doesn't make it safe right and so we have to really differentiate well it's legal somewhere That must mean it's safe, and it's not. And Mm -mm. anything we put into our lungs can be harmful. Cigarettes are legal for adults; they are not safe. They are known to cause cancer. They're legal because they make money, right? And so, if they didn't make people money, they wouldn't Wouldn't be be legal. legal. Mm -mm. Um, But the the key phrase there is for adults, because at that point, you know, twenty one is a little iffy. But thankfully it's you know, it's no longer eighteen Rat. because we we've learned that the brain is not then and developing developed. at eighteen. Or no. it's usually around twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. Um and so, you know, you could still cause delays in that development even at twenty one. And I mean, you see somebody who's been using for years and years on end, and they still have that mindset of a fourteen year old and they're thirty four. Yes because they started using at 14 and their brain just stopped developing And that's where their brain still mm-hmm. is at and so when they get into recovery at age 34 they then have to really quickly go through all of that development yep. and that life experience of learning how to to be on your own and learning how to make appropriate decisions and they're still kind of struggling with decision-making because that prefrontal cortex hasn't developed. And we talked about that a lot in our addicted brain episode, but I mean, that goes from things like alcohol and marijuana too. It's not just these quote unquote hard Hard drugs. drugs. Yeah. So, you know, it can be really anything that affects our brain. So these psychoactive substances that we talk about when, I mean, when used and again, I say this all the time because people ask me, well, vaping, it's not as harmful, right? Anything we put into our lungs that is not oxygen can harm them. Our lungs are a sterile environment built for oxygen. And so air pollution can harm our lungs Mm -hmm. because it's not oxygen. What are we doing when we smoke? We're putting things in. When we vape, it's the same thing. And if you think back to high school chemistry, which... Is not a fun time to think back, to for a lot of people. When you apply heat to chemicals, they react. They change. They bond. They separate, depending on what the chemicals are. So the chemicals that are in your vape juice, whether it's THC oil, whether it's nicotine, flavors, whatever it is, you apply heat to them, and they change as they are going into your body. So do you, you can't ever really know how they're going to respond because it's going to be different based off of amounts and based off of the amount of heat applied. And I mean, there's so many different things that can affect a chemical reaction. And that's what you're breathing in. And so even outside of the mental effects and, the you know, we're, we're causing scarring on lungs and, and actual injuries. Uh, on the lungs from these devices and and we don't know what it's doing and we're starting to see some of those long-term effects but yeah it is it is difficult and it's dangerous Uh, and and I you know it's hard because I don't want to discount I've heard so many people say like I just couldn't make it through my day without marijuana and understanding the way people are using especially marijuana to treat Anxiety or ADHD or other mental illnesses. And those concerns are valid. Yes. And I want you to hear me say that. I'm not saying don't treat Treat. your mental health concerns. I'm not saying to live with the anxiety, but to understand that the way that marijuana affects the body is that in the long term it causes more anxiety. It can cause paranoia, it can cause delusions, it can cause hallucinations, and especially when we start looking into synthetics, and if we don't know what we're getting, it can really be dangerous. I had a a student tell me a story one time, she didn't realize that she had smoked Spice, K2. She was told it was marijuana, and it's a synthetic marijuana for those who don't know, and she didn't realize until she got into a treatment center and she tested positive for K2. And she said, I have never smoked that. I've never used K2. But then she started thinking about it. And as she became more educated on what K2 does, she realized when she used it. And she said that she had a bad trip on marijuana one time and was running around her house and screaming because she thought somebody was chasing her and trying to kill her. And that, that's terrifying. Yeah. That's traumatic. Because in her mind, somebody is. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's scary. Yeah. And so that in her mind, and she could vividly recall that, and just—I mean, she was terrified, and she realized later what she had smoked had been cut in with K two, and and she didn't know that. Um, And so that can be the the case with synthetics. It can be the case with opioids, and you know, people trying to stretch their stash and make it stronger Stronger. or charge more. And that can cause overdose. We're seeing fentanyl Fentanyl. being laced Mm -hmm. into the marijuana, Um, you know, microdosing in that way, and it just—it's terrifying because you never really know what you're getting. Right. And so, I mean, there's so many consequences, and there's so many facets we could talk about with this. And so, this is—I know—it's just a really quick, broad overview, but learn, be informed. Do your research as you're making these decisions, even when it's legal, um, because I, it, it's getting there. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing that coming down the pipeline. And I think that's probably why we're starting to get this funding so we can start educating people now before it becomes Stay a bigger like, problem yeah. uh, than it already is. And so just be educated, make an informed decision. Again, the laws exist for a reason. I'm not saying that they're all perfect or I mean, there's so many problems with incarceration over things like substance use mm-hmm. and not receiving treatment or things like that. And we've talked about that some, but even without going into that, understanding the consequences includes legal consequences. Correct. And, and we need to be able to make decisions based on the facts So educate yourself and we'll go into some more detail on things in the future such as medical marijuana and and how CBD is used and that kind of thing and the difference there. But for now, this is just a brief overview of kind of where we're going to get started as we really kind of jump in feet first to, to marijuana prevention. And so I hope this has been informative for you. I hope it's been something you could take away from and and learn something new. Uh, if nothing else, it can jumpstart some research yeah. um, or jumpstart us into some, some more conversations later. But for now, if you have questions, if there's something specific you want us to talk about, find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Recovered. You can also find us at um, on both as well at... The Jackson Madison Prevention Coalition on Instagram, that's at JMPrevent. And we'd love to hear from you. We want to hear your side of things and and what you think, uh, what you want us to talk about, where you want us to go deeper. Be sure to rate and review on your podcasting platform. Those reviews especially help us stay on the front page and help other people find us, help get the word out. So we would love to see those. And... We will be back in your feed next Monday with another episode. But until then, we just want to leave you with the reminder that we, we do, do recover. recover.